Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Last Saturday, remember, it was kind of a cold, wicked, wintry day. Winds blowing, snow all over the place, roads were slippery. It was so nice to just be able to sit down and talk about baseball <laughs> uh, because spring training is underway. Uh, the spring training games have already started. And uh, before you know it, the the Jays are going to come back north and, uh, well, hopefully uh, start their drive towards, A, a playoff spot and maybe even a World Series berth as uh, things go on this year. And uh, I wouldn't bet against them uh, the way this roster is looking right now. To talk about that, uh, please to welcome back to the program uh, Josh Goldberg. Josh covers baseball for The Score. Uh, Josh, good to have you with us today. Thanks so much for the time. Yeah, good to talk to you as always, Bill. Let me ask you about, about your thoughts. I mean, as you watch these guys, uh, first of all, through the offseason, uh, there was some talk about who's going to go where, what free agents are going to come here. Uh, there's a, a, a couple of key guys that they just had to re-sign, uh, and there's a you know, happy ending to that as well. How how would you rate this team right now in the American League East? It's a tough division at the best of times. Uh, the Yankees are always going to be there. Uh, I don't know how Tampa Bay does it every year, but uh, but they're always there as well. Uh, but a lot of the so-called experts that I'm talking to and, and reading about these days are picking these guys to, to take at least the division anyway. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a strong argument to be made that uh, they should be right in the conversation there uh, with the Yankees. You know, some of the preseason prognostications have the Yankees winning the division relatively comfortably, and and that's certainly within uh, the realistic range of outcomes as well. But, you know, one of the reasons that I, I think the Jays have, quote unquote, closed the gap is you know, like the Yankees had a pretty decent offseason. Obviously, they kept Aaron Judge. They signed uh, Carlos Rodon, a really good star starting pitcher, which they needed. You know, they've already got uh, an injury in the rotation and they're, they're an older team, especially offensively. There's some guys who are on the wrong side of 30. Is Aaron judge a going to be able to stay healthy uh, as he's battled injuries in the past? And B, is he really going to be able to hit 62 home runs again? I think there's some question there. You know, they, they're, I think top to bottom, probably still a safer bet um, than the blue Jays because the blue Jays are relying on, you know, some players that they sign that, uh, also are on the wrong side of 30, Kevin Kiermeyer, you know, Brandon Belt, who have lengthy injury histories. We know what George Springer uh, has dealt with over the last couple of years in terms of injuries. You know, if everything goes according to script, I, I think that, you know, the Jays definitely can win the division. But as it stands right now, I would still give the Yankees the edge as the best team in the AL East. There were a lot of questions at the end of last season, uh, that, and one of them was was behind the plate. I mean, they had what they considered to be three viable catchers. Uh, one of them had to go, and it, as it turned out, it was Moreno. Of course, uh, it went to the D backs. Uh, but I'm I'm comfortable as a Jays fan with Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk. I mean, those guys are they're a one two combination. Uh, Jansen had an outstanding offensive year last year, but these guys are both very good behind the plate. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that was a, a big reason why the front office, Ross Atkins, was comfortable trading uh, Gabriel Moreno, who was uh, their top prospect, also a catcher and one of the better prospects in baseball is because, you know, they felt really comfortable with Kirk and Jansen moving forward. Both are uh, under contract, under team control for at least the next couple of seasons. So there wasn't really a clean or clear path to Moreno playing a lot. And they parlayed that into Dalton Varshows, an athletic outfielder, hits from the left side of the plate, gives them an element that they, I think, were sorely lacking uh, last year. You could make an argument that the Blue Jays have the best catching situation in the league. They did last year in terms of productivity, especially offensively. You know, they're not perfect players. Who is? 
but you feel really good about the prospect, uh, assuming those guys stay healthy, which, you know, with Jansen has never uh, really been the case. He's always battled injuries. But if those guys can, you know, catch the lion's share of the games close to the 162, maybe 130 or 140 combined, that is a huge advantage to have over basically every other team in Major League Baseball. Uh, you mentioned uh, the new outfielder. We'll get to that in a second here. Uh, I, I think a lot of fans were, were kind of surprised in the offseason uh, because the Jays were pretty active in the trading uh, head uh, corner here. Uh, and Gurriel and, and Hernandez both are not with the team this year. Both very popular players. But I think there was a consensus uh, through most of the season, wasn't there, Josh, that they could and should have done something to improve the outfield? Yeah, I, I think that's been something that uh, – that a lot of people have been looking at as far as, you know, an area that the Blue Jays might look to tweak or improve or completely overhaul, depending on how you wanted to look at it. And, you know, I think the way that the season ended last year really made it crystal clear that major changes needed to happen and major changes did happen. And, you know, both of those players had Plenty of good moments as Blue Jays, especially Hernandez, winning a couple of silver sluggers. Gurriel had a lot of uh, productive moments as, as well offensively, but neither really brought a lot to the table defensively. And that kind of kneecaps your value a little bit as an outfielder. If all of your your positive contributions are looked at as offensively, it just leaves you, um, you know, open to issues like we saw at times last year with some lackadaisical effort and uh, inconsistency, especially uh, defensively, also on the base pass at time. And, and I think that we've heard it from the manager already that there's going to be a different mindset and a different attitude to this Blue Jays team this year. They're at a point now where it's no longer good enough to just make the playoffs. You have to find a way to break through that ceiling a little bit and win some games and win some series uh, in the postseason. And they certainly feel as though the players that they brought in will help to contribute more to a winning culture than we've seen over the last couple of seasons. You mentioned Dalton Varsho from the the D backs. Uh, does he does he play right field for these guys? So he's going to play left field. Uh, oh, okay. Kevin Kiermeyer is going to be in center field, and George Springer is going to be in right field. I personally think Varsho is a little bit wasted in left field because you know last year in Arizona he played a lot of center field, and he obviously. Uh, primarily played right field and he was one of the best athletes one of the best defenders in the outfield last year I think there's value in having him in left field but I, I think that he could be better in right field and and potentially center field but for the time being as long as Springer and Kiermaier are healthy they're going to be in in right and center uh, respectively but you look at that trio and compared to last year with Springer and center Teoscar Hernandez in right and Guriel in left it's night and day. If all goes according to plan, that is one of the best defensive athletic uh, outfields in baseball, because I do really do think that you know, Springer still showed that he has um, some value and, and can be productive in center field. But I think not having to cover two gaps uh, and only having to cover one in right field will allow him to be even better uh, defensively. I think the move to right field could be just brilliant for him in, in terms of a, maybe allowing him to ex not expend uh, so much energy and, and have a chance to stay healthy uh, this season. But I think also to be one of the best all around right fielders in, in the entire league.
Talk to us about Kiermaier. I mean, there was an argument to be made probably four or five years ago, I guess, Josh, that uh, Kiermaier is probably the best center fielder in baseball. I mean, he he just he covered the outfield. I mean, he could have played all three positions at once. He just put one. He was sensational defensively and and not bad at the plate. But uh, as you say, he's on the the north side of of the thirties now, and he's been injured a lot the last two or three seasons. Is, is it a gamble picking this guy up and making him the starter? Oh, huge gamble. Uh, the, one of the biggest X-factor gambles, risks, uh, I think, heading into the season. You know, like we talked about with uh, with the Yankees, there's, you know, when you make a bet on a player on the wrong side of 30, there's always risk associated with that, that, you know, the bat speed, if they're an offensively minded player might erode a little bit and they're not able to get on top of fastballs the way that they were earlier in their career. And Kevin Kiermaier, in addition to just being older than 30, is coming off of a very serious hip injury that required surgery. And for an athlete to have to adjust to a new reality after a major injury and a major surgery like that, it's far from a guarantee that he's going to resemble the player that he was when he was winning gold gloves, platinum gloves as arguably one of the best defensive players at any position and certainly in the outfield uh, in the entire league. So, you know, they're hoping that he can find a way to stay healthy and be a little bit more productive offensively than he was last season. I always thought he made sense more as a fourth outfielder who didn't necessarily play every day, but they feel as though there's still something there. There's still enough left in the tank that they trust that he can hold up for enough games to be the everyday center fielder. But uh, I'd be lying if I said I was uh, confident or optimistic about it. I think it's a real uh, gamble and probably one that is more likely to not work out than it is to work out. Which is, I guess, underscoring the need for a fourth outfielder to be able to spot these mm-hmm. guys off. I want to move. I got a couple of minutes left, though. I want to switch over to uh, the infield. Uh, Bo Bichette's back. Uh, it, was, it was a little iffy there for a while, but I mean, he's back. Uh, he's healthy. Uh, probably one of the best shortstops in baseball right now, and hopefully, he has another season like that. They're solid at third base with Chapman. The guy can hit. He can play defense. He was a, a huge addition to the team uh, when he came over. Uh, and of course, you've got Vlad at first base. What about second base? That that seems to be a bit of a question mark right now. Is is Biggio the guy there? I mean, they're trying to find a place to play him, aren't they? Yeah, it's going to be interesting what with some of the players, uh, I guess, towards maybe not the end of the roster, but not your your marquee level players. You know, they have Whit Merrifield, who they got from Kansas City at yeah. the trade deadline last year, had a really good close to the season in, in September. I would expect he's going to be the starting second baseman, at least to begin the season. Then you have uh, Santiago Espinal, who's an all-star, really good in the first half, then totally fell off in the second half. Not really sure what happened there. Maybe it was a little bit of fatigue, but he is a valuable player, especially against left-handed pitching. He can play some outfield. Merrifield can play some outfield. Maybe they rove around and and are sort of uh, your your extra outfielders. Biggio, I think, can play a, a bunch of different positions. We'll see how the elimination of the shift helps a player like that who pulls the ball a lot and uh, obviously had some issues uh, at times with ground balls finding uh, infielders in the shift he'd you'd like to see him cut down on his strikeouts a little bit but I think that there is um, some value there there's not exactly like an overwhelming star at second base like the Blue Jays have at other positions but I do think that between Merrifield Espinal and to some extent Biggio they'll be able to get at least league average production uh, at the second base spot this year. 
Okay, and this probably deserves a whole entire conversation about this, but just quickly, talk to us about the pitching staff. I mean, if they're going to make a run at anything this year, you, you've got to have solid starting pitching and and somebody that can close them out. Are, are they comfortable with what they've got? I think they're you know going into the season pretty well equipped from the the starting pitching perspective. You never know what's going to happen year to year with pitchers. It's there's very volatile, but. You know, you look at Manoa was a Cy Young finalist last year. Kevin Gosman had a tremendous season. Uh, Jose Barrios, I think, is a big X factor. Is he going to be able to bounce back yeah. after a really rough season? They signed Bassett, who I think really is a good stabilizer in the rotation. He's not going to, you know, leap off the page in terms of his stuff or his numbers, but he's going to give you quality innings and a quality start more often than not, which has a ton of value in a division like this. And then Kikuchi, I think, is a, another big wild card. He's looked really good to start uh, spring training. You always take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, but it seems like he's more confident this year and is just coming out and attacking and not thinking as much as he did last season, which he admits got him into trouble. And if he can be closer to the pitcher, uh, we saw in the first half of the 2021 season when he was an all-star, that could be a big game changer uh, for the Blue Jays. And then in terms of the bullpen, I still have my questions about the postseason. Is this bullpen good enough in the playoffs? But that's a long way away. And I do think that this is a good bullpen to get you to the postseason. There's a lot of depth, a lot of guys who can uh, mix and match. They have one of the better relievers, certainly one of the better closers in Major League Baseball and Jordan Romano. I think, uh, you know, you feel good about him. They got Swanson from Seattle in the Hernandez trade. I think he's going to be really effective, especially against left-handed pitching. They have a lot of different arms that they can throw at you in different situations. So I think, you know, for the first time in a couple of years, uh, the Blue Jays are entering the season, especially in the bullpen, in a pretty decent spot and, and something that uh, fans should feel pretty comfortable about. Well, I hope so. It's, I'm looking forward to the season, really. I, I mean, I've been a Red Sox fan before the, you know, the Blue Jays or even a Glinton Paul Godfrey's eye, but I'm, you know, and, and the Red Sox aren't going anywhere this year. Uh, so we'll, we'll be focusing on the Jays and, and their exploits and, and certainly be talking with you through time to time through the season too, Josh. As always, thanks so much for the time today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, good to be back and uh, looking forward to uh, chatting again soon. Thanks, Bill. You betcha. Take care. Josh Goldberg uh, covers baseball for the score. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.